0: You're listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Dr. Jonathan Patz, Associate Professor of Environmental Studies and Population Health Sciences, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Also, a leader at the Center for Sustainability and Global Environment, editor of Echo Health, and the past co-chairman of the Health Expert Panel of the U.S. National Assessment on climate change. Thank you, Dr. Patz, for joining us. We're going to be discussing today global warming and health issues. Dr. Patz, do you believe that there is global warming, or is this just a theory?
1: Well, uh, Maurice, I think that uh, with the recent report uh, that was released by the United Nations uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, the argument is over. There is definitely uh, global warming, and the big question has been, are humans responsible for this from burning fossil fuels. And according to that United Nations report, there's now 90% certainty that the scientists around the world are able to say that, in fact, burning fossil fuels and cutting forests is changing the global climate. And so the argument about is global warming real, uh, is it human-induced, that argument is over now.
0: Well, why do you think this argument still appears in the popular press?
1: well unfortunately uh, you know on the on the good side, the press is always trying to show different points of view, and uh, they want to show both sides of an issue. but too often, uh, what comes out in the press is that you could have a huge group of scientists saying one thing and a couple of climate skeptics that uh, may or may not be funded by industry or simply may have their their own beliefs, but it's not an even score, and yet in the news you may see, you know, this report that represents 500 climatologists around the world says this, and yet these two other people disagree and think it's uh, nonsense. And and that's not balanced reporting, even though it's an attempt to show both sides. It ends up confusing the public more than helping.
0: Where is some of the evidence that we can look at that there is global warming?
1: I'm actually, you know, I'm a uh, environmental health uh, physician, and so I look at the impacts of climate change, but I certainly work with enough climatologists that I can tell you what they're concerned about, and that is that the pattern of warming is very suggestive of human-induced warming. In other words, the fact that we're having a disproportionate warming in the high latitudes, nighttime temperatures are warming disproportionately more than daytime temperatures. These are suggestive of putting an insulating blanket over the earth, sort of trapping the heat, which is the greenhouse effect, uh, so these patterns of change, and even patterns of rainfall, like having heavier rainfall events, uh, more extreme droughts, the this extreme um, extremes of the water cycle is expected with global warming because warmer temperatures evaporate from the soil quickly, so you get a drought. But on the other hand, we get our biggest thunderstorms in during hot summer days, and that's because warm air holds more moisture. The observed increase in very heavy rainfall events uh, that has been happening over the last century, that's also consistent with greenhouse warming. And so it's these types of warming trends that are consistent with global warming theory that make climatologists uh, believe that, in fact, the evidence is that this is from man made human uh, activity, burning fossil fuels especially.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and today my guest is Dr. Jonathan Patz. We're discussing global warming and its effect on health. My hometown of Chicago experienced a, a heat wave in 95, in which supposedly there were almost 700 deaths uh, attributed to it. And in Europe, Uh, just a couple years ago, there were, again, heat waves that were really disproportionately high. We used to have heat waves every 50 to 60 years, and now we're hearing that we may be having heat waves every four to five years. Do you look upon heat waves as a threat to our health?
1: Well, absolutely, and there are many, many different pathways, exposure pathways, through which climate change can affect public health. But this first one, this uh, direct impact from heat waves, is a well-known problem, and that European heat wave in 2003 that, that did kill over 40,000 people in, in just an 11-day period, you know, that's a public health disaster. And even though climatologists warn us not to pin the blame of a particular heat wave or a hurricane or a flood or a single big event, we can't pin that on climate change. What climatologists have done, especially with the European heat wave, is they've looked at that summer of 2003 compared to a hundred years past. You know, and over over the last hundred years, that 2003 heat wave was so extreme and so far outside the normal distribution of uh, summer temperatures that the climatologists uh, are saying that that, in fact, probably is a warning sign that we are in a new climate regime. And there's a paper in Nature that estimated that the warming we've had just in the past 30 years from about 1970 onward doubled the likelihood of that extreme event. So even though you can't blame one event on climate change, the probability of these uh, extreme heat waves already has now doubled from the warming we've had just in the past 30 years.
0: And this happened in a moderate climate. How do you explain that as opposed to being closer to the equator?
1: Uh, Well, Maurice, again, this is uh, something that climatologists are are observing as far as where we get warming. Uh, Now, the whole Earth is warming, and there is disproportionately more warming as you go further north or further south if you're south of the equator. So the extreme latitudes... Uh, And that's why these temperate regions, like the United States and Europe, are experiencing more heat waves, and the projections for future are that we will, uh, in these regions, see more. Now, that's not to say that the tropics won't warm up more, because they will as well. But the most concerning thing for climatologists and ecologists and others worried about global warming is the rate of warming of the Arctic, Uh, Because if we lose the Arctic ice cap, then that bright, reflective, shiny surface on top of the Earth that is reflecting 80% of the sunlight that hits it, it just bounces off into space, if that melts and turns into dark blue seawater, then 80% will be absorbed rather than 80% reflected. And so this change in albedo at the top of the globe is very concerning for possibly accelerating climate change.
0: You know, for the non-educated, myself included, it doesn't appear by degrees that there is a lot of warming taking place, especially in the ocean. Is the warming of the ocean taking place in a non-linear fashion? Well, it's a good question
1: about the extent of warming and and whether or not the ocean can have the heat capacity to sort of absorb the, the warming and not get much warmer itself. If we think back about uh, 20,000 years ago when we were in a glacial period, it, it was only a, a few degrees centigrade cooler than it is today. So as a global average, when you're talking about one or two degrees centigrade warming and the projections for the end of the century are in fact somewhere between one and a half and six degrees centigrade warming, that amount of warming happening within a century first of all is unprecedented in its rate of warming. But the amount of warming is, is tremendous. You think about, again, if we were just a couple degrees colder, it would be an ice age. What if we're a couple degrees warmer than it is today and we're not in an ice age? You know, we'll be in a in a new world situation that we've never been in before. What seems like a small amount of warming as a global average actually is, is, uh, is quite a lot. And uh, climatologists say that the rate of change in the last 30 to 40 years of of measured climate is at an extremely rapid pace that hasn't been seen before.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and our guest is Dr. Jonathan Patz. We're discussing global warming and its effect on health. You mentioned earlier in our discussion that the pattern of rain has changed, that therefore making it more likely for f- floods. In other words, instead of having steady rain, we're now having downpours. Is that correct?
1: Yes. What we're seeing is an increase in very heavy rainfall events occurring in more and more places across the world, and especially in the United States. This is consistent with global warming theory, which is that because warmer air holds more water. When it rains, it will rain very hard. And for us in the medical field and public health fields, this is concerning when you think about water contamination and that many waterborne disease outbreaks are coming after rainfalls, after heavy rainfall. We conducted a study of all reported waterborne disease outbreaks in the United States from 1948 to 1994, And we asked the question, if we exclude engineering, known engineering problems or recreational exposure, how many of these waterborne disease outbreaks were preceded by very heavy rainfall? And what we found was that two-thirds of reported waterborne outbreaks were preceded by very heavy rainfall in the upper 80th percentile or above across a 50-year record for that location. So we already in this country have a major problem with uh, stormwater and sewage, this combined stormwater and sewage overflow situation. These are called CSO, combined sewage overflows. And we in this country already have over a trillion gallons of storm and sewage that overflow and are discharged into surface waters every year. And so, I mean, that's that would keep Niagara Falls running for 18 days. So we already know that with um, heavy rainfall and runoff and uh, sprawling cities where you've got more and more asphalt and impervious surface laid down on the ground, which uh, it makes runoff even worse, that we already have a, a water uh, runoff problem and contamination. Climatologists are saying that parts of the country will experience 20 or 30% heavier rainfall events so water managers and and public health uh, officials uh, are really going to be uh, needing to prepare for this this type of rainfall because we're safest when things are are average you know and it's not too hot or not too cold not too dry not too wet and especially handling rainfall in our water systems they're vulnerable already to to uh, heavy Runoff, uh, and that's a, a problem that will likely be exacerbated with global warming.
0: I want to thank Dr. Jonathan Patz, who's been our guest, and we've been discussing global warming and its effects on our health. I'm Dr. Maurice Picker. You've been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on Reach MD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at Thank you for listening.